on 2FM. Sponsored by Dove Men Plus Care. Upgrade to Dove Men Advanced Deodorant and Body Wash. Let the confidence last. Game on. Weeknights from 6. On 2FM. Africa and Andrew. It's Friday the 19th of January and this is Game On. There is so much to get through today. We'll be hearing from Shane Byrne on the final round games in the Champions Cup. Alan Colley and Fergal Brennan will chat Premier League, AFCON and Jordan Henderson. Frankie Dolan will give the Bridget side ahead of the All-Ireland Club football final and Jane Mangan will mark our racing card. If you want to get in touch, please text us on 51552 or you can find us on X at Game On 2FM. Game on on 2FM. Now, welcome along. Alan Colley is with me in studio. How are you, Alan? I'm great, Marie. Yourself? Good. Have you been watching some of the AFCON? I have. Well, today, obviously, there was Irish interest. So, it, I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when we spoke about the tournament starting. That was last week, I think, was it? But just, it can be a tough watch, the early rounds. Mm. The standard isn't great. And it's only when you get into maybe the latter rounds, which I suppose is, is similar to a lot of tournaments uh, when it gets to the business end. But certainly with the African Nations Cup, I find that it can be a, a tough watch, the group games with, some, with the standard. But the fact that we had Irish interest today with Pico Lopez plays in the league of Ireland, Shamrock Rovers, um, with Cape Verde representing. And I think it's absolutely brilliant that we have someone representing the league in the tournament. So it adds that little bit of interest for us. Um, and he played very well. They obviously mm-hmm. won their first match as well. They're in Egypt's group, so they won their first match. So today was a big game because Mozambique would be seen as one of the weaker ones in the group and they won comfortably 3-0. Um, and people might remember Man United supporters out there, Bebe. Do you remember <laughs> yeah, Bebe? I do, yeah. 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 He actually great, went, great hopes for him, didn't they? Oh, when they signed him, everybody yeah. thought, here we go, yeah, this is the, a go. potential superstar. Uh, it didn't quite work out like that. One of Alex Ferguson's probably failed signings, mm-hmm. you could say. But he's, he's still knocking around and obviously he's playing with people go up front and he did okay but he actually took a free kick he scored one of the goals he scored the first goal but the technique that people will know synonymous with Ronaldo and the knuckleball he took a free kick prior to the one he scored Marie. and I'm not joking if it had to go in it hit the crossbar it was about 40 yards out if it had to go in it would have been the talk of the world it was the most incredible effort I've seen in a long long time in terms of the, the technique with the knuckleball the dip the swerve all, everything on it um, and he was really unlucky he hit the bar because mm. then when he hit, when he got the free kick obviously after that he's 40 yards out and I'm thinking he's a, he's a little bit ambitious here but because he has the technique to be fair now the goalkeeper wasn't great for the one that he scored um, but he's playing so Pico yeah he ended up winning 3-0 I think they're playing Egypt on Monday obviously Mo Salah went off injured mm-hmm. last night in that game so I'm not sure whether he'll be playing but they're top of the group now and they're going to top the group and go through so it's brilliant for Pico Yeah it is it's getting a huge amount of interest here I think the timing after school today was great as well because if uh, any of the kids were coming home they mm. could turn it on and, and watch him but definitely when you have that bit of Irish interest you you tune in and to see him as well just looking so comfortable there like mm-hmm. he there was no way he looked anyway out of place or anything like that No he's very comfortable played centre half where we obviously see him with Shamrock Rovers and now they play with a two at the back where Shamrock Rovers mm-hmm. normally play as a three he plays as the central one but um yeah, so comfortable, Marie. Now, Mozambique weren't great. He wasn't overly tested today. He will be tested in the game on Monday against Egypt. But as you say, in terms of the stage that he's on and, and the platform, yeah, absolutely no problem to him. And 
I suppose from Shamrock Rovers' point of view as well, it's brilliant for them to have a representative uh, involved in a tournament as big as that because it is, it's a huge tournament. Yeah. And he's getting loads of press as well. So like on, he's regularly popping up now on Sky Sports News, um, doing interviews and the preview, there was lots of focus on him as well. So they're getting a lot of exposure because of it. Yeah, and one thing with Pico as well, and people will notice from following the league or, or Shamrock Rovers fans to go and watch, um, he has those leadership qualities in him. You know, he's one of those that puts his body on the line um, very tenacious when he's when he's tackling aggressive and and he's improved an awful lot I remember seeing Pico playing at Bohemians and he was more a kind of box to box midfielder loads of energy loads of all that kind of good attitude all good traits that you would want but technically he wasn't the best and then when Shamrock Rovers signed him I remember when they signed him thinking I'm not sure about that one um, but they converted him to a centre half which I think was always his original position and he's been a revelation and he's improved massively on his technique as well from obviously being in that environment with Shamrock Rovers being around better players um, and he's come on leaps and bounds yeah and as you say in terms of that stage that he's on now representing Cape Verde doesn't look out of place at all and fair play to him because he's a good kid as well yeah he seems to be he's a really good communicator good gives really good interviews represents good the league kid, very well very yeah. committed dedicated good professional all the things you would want uh, in, a, in a player mm. he, he has all those attributes great advertisement from the league we're going to go to Fergal Brennan in just a second but before we do Al I just want to stick with Shamrock Rovers because uh, we're talking about Pico Lopez Aaron McAniff mm. has joined uh, the club it's an initial loan from Perth Glory and then he's going to make a permanent transfer at the end of the season you would have to think there's a huge amount of potential in that move for both McAniff and Shamrock Rovers this is massive Marie because I was driving along today and I saw that this news breaking because there was no murmurings of it at all and obviously people will remember Aaron from his first stint mm. at Shamrock Rovers and was brilliant almost kind of the icing on the cake when, when he signed that he added that extra bit of quality and went on to win the league um, and he moved on then he went to Hearts I think and he's obviously things haven't worked out and he ended up in Australia but in terms of the league that's obviously approaching now on the 16th of February and their first game is against Dundalk which we're covering which is a good thing as well Marie mm-hmm. Um I was thinking about the league and, and obviously the, the challengers for Shamrock Rovers and there's been, there hasn't been a great deal of business around the league which in one sense is a good thing because the league is very stable now and lads are under longer term contracts so you don't have that bounce that loads of fellas are out of contract uh, at the end of a season so that's one good thing but there's not an awful lot of signings or business or especially eye-catching signings where you'd go yeah that's a real game changer in terms of maybe a St. Pat's going to challenge Shamrock Rovers because I see them now potentially with Derry as the closest challenge the big news coming out of Derry last week was Hoban signing mm-hmm. which is a big one for Derry because that was their Achilles heel last year they had no centre forward that was going to get them 15-20 goals to maybe win a league title for them but I was sitting in the car today and I, and I have Shamrock Rovers down as the favourites next thing this news is announced and I'm thinking oh my god they'll win the league by 15 <laughs> points I actually think it, I think it's that big of a signing because the quality that they already have in the midfield they have Jack coming back mm-hmm. fully fit they've signed Dara Burns back from England as well on loan who everybody will remember when he was that Pats was a revelation he'll be a great signing for them they have Gaffney back they have obviously I think they're trying to get Johnny Kenny if he's not signed back already um, so yeah the quality that they possess and I'm looking around at the other teams Pats have obviously signed a couple as well Rory Keaton being the big one uh, coming from Cork he was one of the leading goal scorers last year but I just don't see the other teams strengthening the way Shamrock Rovers are strengthening on top of what Shamrock Rovers already have so it's going to be very very difficult for anybody to get close to them I think well you're sucking the life out of it already <laughs> well I'm just being honest and people say oh you're always against Shamrock Rovers here I am waxing lyrical about them because I think the business that they've done in the yeah. off season has been very very good Marie 
Yeah, definitely. And sure, look, that's going to kick off soon enough as well. Fergal Brennan joins us on the line. Fergal, we were talking about the AFCON and Cape Verde's brilliant um, exploits so far. Of course, Pico Lopez starring for them. And we had hoped uh, earlier in the week that we would see Pico Lopez coming up against Mo Salah. Will that be the case, do you think? Or is this a serious injury? The next day or two will we'll tell everything. It was the first question that Jurgen Klopp was asked in his press conference this morning, despite the fact that Salah is thousands of miles away in the Ivory Coast and injury or no injury, he wouldn't be playing for Liverpool this weekend. Um, it, it looked concerning uh, from the initial standpoint yesterday, not because it was a awful tackle or, or a nasty fall or anything. It's more based on the fact that Salah very rarely goes down injured and says take me off uh, he was feeling his hamstring he took his captain's armband off straight away said to the bench immediately get me off um, and there's been kind of videos circulating on social media since that he walked out of the stadium last night and he, he wasn't on crutches or limping or anything like that but Klopp said this morning that he'll need to be assessed and that he is concerned by it um, but there's not really any major update um, in terms of whether he'll feature again at AFCON or whether he'll be coming back to Liverpool or, or what the next few weeks and months um, mean it's very, very early days to, to make any sort of an assessment. Obviously, Egypt have got a quick turnaround before their next game. So you would say that if he doesn't play in that, um, their chances of getting through are, are reduced. They've only got two points from two games so far. Um, he could be heading back to Liverpool regardless. Um, but in terms of the injury, probably won't know anything uh, until later this weekend. Al, how big of a blow would that be for Liverpool? Let's park Egypt yeah. at the moment. People are probably more concerned about, about Liverpool's title hopes. Yeah, and everybody, that was the one concern when he was leaving, Marie, was the fact that everybody just wanted him to come back in one piece, particularly Jurgen Klopp and particularly Liverpool fans. So if he was to come back from the tournament injured, because that's always the fear for a manager, especially club uh, managers, when players go on international duty, the one thing they want is that they come back fit and healthy. Um, and especially the position Liverpool find themselves in, you're looking at, I suppose, the form that Man City have hit in the last five or six weeks as well so if Liverpool are to pose any threat or any challenge which I think they're capable of because of how good of a season they're having so far they absolutely need Mo Salah if he was to be missing for the next maybe four to six weeks and you have Man City coming back and you look at their fixture list as well they have very very winnable games in their next four, five, six that you could see them just reel them off um, and potentially win 18 points out of 18 I think it would be very difficult for Liverpool then to stay with them without Salah. Yeah, and Fergal, I'd even say that it's, it'd be a psychological blow to the team and probably give the the challengers around them a boost as well, knowing it's almost like when Haaland was gone, you know, you think, all right, there's a bit of a chance mm-hmm. here. Absolutely, because as impressive as Liverpool have been this season, this kind of idea of Liverpool 2.0 and the players that have come in have probably hit the ground running a bit quicker than were expected and, and Klopp seems to kind of be revitalised by this idea that they're the team that City still look at and think that's who we're not afraid of but we're the most wary of coming after us in a title race but Salah is still the guy he's still the go-to guy in terms of goals and assists and and leadership in, in, in an attacking sense they've got a lot of young players that tend to play in and around him Harvey Elliott um, Trent Alexander-Arnold I wouldn't say he's a young player but he's still somebody that looks to Salah in my opinion for kind of that next level in terms of big goals in big games um, and, and it would be massive he's such an important player he's one of the best players in the Premier League along with Van Dijk and Alisson he's 
Liverpool's most important player. Um, but it's it's very difficult just trying to kind of almost feel around in the dark for for little hints about how bad the injury is or anything like that. We just don't know at this stage. The indication will be that it's not a season-ending injury, um, but but it really is just a guessing game. And, and absolutely, I would agree with, with Alan in terms of how Man City will be viewing this. Obviously, De Bruyne has come back. Haaland is almost back. They'll be back firing on all cylinders at the very point where Liverpool, even if it is only for a few weeks, will be without such a huge player. Yeah, and even then, just while we're we are talking about the Afghan, what about Egypt? How have they been doing? I haven't seen them play for a girl, or have you seen them play? Yeah, I mean, last night there was obviously so much attention on the Salah injury that it, it kind of overshadowed what was a pretty entertaining game. Mohamed um, Kudus from West Ham scored twice and Egypt, in fairness to them, despite the fact that Salah had gone off and obviously that was a bit of a blow for them. They galvanised themselves, they equalised twice and, and they got themselves a point. The issue is, realistically, you probably need to win at least one of your group games to at least get an automatic spot into the round of 16 and two draws or be them full of goals. They have haven't really been able to do that if they were missing Salah for the last group game that would make it a bit more difficult um, it's on a knife edge whether they'll go through um, I, I think they, they probably needed to win either last night or their first game against Mozambique um, but Cape Verde because they're already home and dry that might make things a little bit more straightforward for Egypt you, you've just got to wait and see really yeah, the way it currently sits, Marie, obviously Cape Verde, because they've had the two victories are on six points. Egypt with the two draws are on two in second place. But Ghana faced Mozambique in the last game. After what I've seen from Ghana last night and with Kudos, and especially Mozambique today, I would fully expect them to get the three points. So I think Egypt will have to beat Cape Verde. But like Fergal said, because they're already true, it's an opportunity to rest players because obviously mm. it, it's very warm. Um, two tough games already and they're trying to get them ready for a knockout game so there's a good chance the coach might rest a few of the, the first team players if you like and that would be a good advantage for Egypt Yeah it does seem attritional the bits that I've seen Yeah it is Yeah well they're having cooling breaks and yeah. all in the first half and the second half uh, it's very very warm out there Now well, obviously a lot of those players will be used to that but um, in terms of the quick succession of games that's when obviously it hits you and in terms of the recovery time as well before we move on to the Premier League, let's have a chat about Jordan Henderson. So he has confirmed his move to Ajax. It was a press conference. He says that it's a football decision and um, of his time in the Saudi Pro League, he said, sometimes these things don't work out. I think that's probably a bit of an understatement. <laughs> it seems like a spectacular failure, really, when you think of the fanfare that he, he headed over there to and um, how it failed to deliver really anything that, that he was expecting, how much... Has his reputation be da- been damaged and can you ever see a way back for him to uh, football in England, Fergal? No. Um, I'd, I'd say no for two reasons. Um, I think no, obviously, reputationally, the damage that's been done by his move to Saudi Arabia and we know that the criticism he's received, a huge amount of that is completely justified because of previous stances that he's taken. Um, but I think what he's trying to do is, is strip away all of that and look at this from the kind of the old cliche of from a footballing point of view. Um, but I think from a footballing point of view, he's probably ran out of options as well because I think if last summer he'd said, look, I want to leave Liverpool, but I want to stay in the Premier League. I still feel like I can do a job for a, a mid-table side. If he'd been willing to take a big wage cut, then there might have been interest in that. But he went to Saudi Arabia for the reasons that he's outlined took that enormous paycheck which we're led to believe he hasn't received any or certainly 
not a lot of um, and now he's got this move to Ajax so no I don't see a route back for him because I think reputationally a lot of clubs will look at it and go it's just not worth it for what he would bring um, and for the backlash that they would receive um, and also as well given the fact that he's at the stage of his career that he's at he's gone away for six months and played in a league that is no way near the standard of most European leagues he's not going to be coming back kind of sharp and ready um, and I think the idea of him pushing for a place in the England squad next summer is quite ambitious unless things go really really well with Ajax The league itself Al like the Saudi Pro League now it feels like it's it's really damaged as well because with him leaving after such a short period mm. of time like clearly it's not up to much No Benzema's not happy either mm. um, and that was always going to be the case Marie because if you're trying to build a league it's going to take years and years especially if you're trying to compete with the likes of the Premier League or the, the top European leagues and the money was the big carrot that was dangling in front of them all and the problem I have with Jordan Henderson he had a lot of credit in the bank because of his attitude, his character. He was a, a brilliant professional. Everybody sp- spoke in glowing terms of him as a person, let alone a footballer. Mm-hmm. And he was a main cog in that Liverpool team. Whether people And I've been over to Anfield a couple of times. I remember sitting next to two fans. One on the right hated Henderson. One on the left loved him. And he always divided opinion, Marie. But in terms of Klopp and Liverpool and the success that he had, he was always so highly thought of amongst the players, uh, his teammates, the manager, all that. And he was a really su- uh, good player and a very good success at Liverpool. Why he chose, I'd love to know who advised him. Mm-hmm. Because when you've so much credit in the bank... And, you're at, and money in the bank <laughs> and, and most importantly but so much credit in terms of his character yeah. and his personality and all those things that, that people speak the likes of a milliner or whatever yeah. what would possess you to, to even contemplate a decision to go over there and like as Fergal said if he wanted to maybe if the reason was a football and one and he wanted to play more games and remain in the England squad if he feels he can still offer that go to a Fulham go to somebody as Fergal mentioned yeah. there mid-table of course it was money and this is the issue that I have Marie because he came out with the nonsense then about trying to build up the league and it's a project like what we saw with John Ram doing the same mm-hmm. thing so I'm looking forward to the first fella that actually comes out and says I'm doing this for money because I'm after being told I'm after being told I'm going to get a bucket load of money and this is for my family for, for forever and when we will see that I don't know Snooker yesterday announced that they're doing something similar and I know those Snooker players are going because the money that they get compares to maybe a Premier League footballer is nowhere near as good and they're doing it for money and I've no issue because they'll probably tell you that but for Jordan Henderson come out with the nonsense that he did and damage his reputation so badly Marie that now nobody will touch yeah. him I still think somebody might touch him but he's going to Ajax and, and in terms of maybe a potential place in the England squad because of the talent that they have as well I don't know he'll need to perform very very well at Ajax if he's to get into that squad but whoever advised him it was a bad bad decision from somebody who I thought had real substance and character mm. about him Yeah and did you see uh, Ronaldo was uh, interviewed as well and was asked about the standard of the league just in that last little while Fergal and he said that he thinks it's better than the French league uh, the French league one <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he has to say that because yeah. he's he's still kind of the poster boy of of the Saudi Pro League because they were kind of quote able to get him and he's still scoring goals and he's still a massively relevant individual um, in the Saudi Pro League. I'm, I'm not at all surprised that he would say that um, because because he I, I don't think he actually has kind of made too much of a, a grandstand about why he went mm. um, and and he is in the position that he is and he's in the, the state of his um, stage of his that. career that he is. So so yeah, that's that's Ronaldo's. 
position and, and also Ronaldo can afford to kind of say these things because of who he is uh, even if he believes it or he doesn't believe it I haven't been following the league too closely Fergal but from my um, Gerard just signed a new contract that's what I was going to get yeah. to I didn't think mm. he was going that well and now they've extended his contract for another two years Fergal I was surprised as well because again there's so much rumours kind of swirling around about it that it's very difficult to to get a grasp on what's just clickbait and what's got a bit more substance to it so based on what I've been reading up until a couple of weeks ago I thought it was absolutely heading in the opposite direction mm. that they were looking to to move him on there was talk of potentially Mourinho coming in um, obviously now that he's been um, let go by, by Roma but no the, the contract has been signed Um what that actually means uh, in, in six nine months time remains to be another thing but he seems to be committed to it um, and I also think with, with Gerard and, and with one or two others they, they are slowly realising that maybe their options back in English football even in the championship are pretty limited based on what they've done so far as as managers and a place in Saudi Arabia guarantees them a wage a very good one and guarantees them a job for, for the foreseeable yeah and no pressure no and he lost the coach last <laughs> week as well Ian Foster who people remember from his League of Ireland time here um, went on then to manage England underage he's just taken over at Plymouth he was a coach that went out there as well under the Gerrard kind of yeah. backroom team um, so yeah it's it's money Marie let's call a spade a spade mm. it's money Gerard it's fine is, as long as they say it just say it exactly yeah. just come out and say it because this crack of dressing it up to be something that it's not people like they're, they're not pulling the wool over anyone's eyes and that's why I'm, I, I'm so disappointed with Henderson I really yeah. liked Henderson I, I really did and even the fact that it almost I almost enjoyed the fact that he was proving people wrong the doubters and the knockers when people used to say well he's not great if you're captain Liverpool Marie let me tell you you're a serious player and a serious talent. For all the people that want to criticise him for his ability or whatever, if you're captain in a club of that stature and that size and winning leagues and Champions League, you have something about you, <coughs> let me tell you. So I always thought he was a, a, a real good fella. And Character then, and all that. Yeah, and for the nonsense yeah. then that he came out with when he left. And I've lost massive respect yeah, for him. Yeah, well, I'd say you're not the only one now, um, that's for sure. But look, he might do really well in Ajax and he might rehabilitate rehabilitate himself uh, who knows they're a huge club it's a brilliant brand to be associated with we'll be following it anyway let's move back to the Premier League Arsenal and Crystal Palace um, Arsenal are in Dubai Fergal do you think they're going to come back as recharged as Arteta says they will be? I think they have to be um, they've had a real stumble at the start of, of 2024 in the Premier League and obviously being knocked out of the FA Cup by Liverpool I think it's four points from possible 15 uh, in the last five Premier League games and that's seen them obviously slip off Liverpool are now top Man City are back in the saddle Aston Villa are still in the mix for it as well um, they need to be I, I don't think there's any other way to, to frame this up they don't have anything else other than the Champions League now to concentrate on for the next six weeks uh, or maybe sorry four or five weeks it's just the Premier League um, and they need to start racking up points starting this weekend Palace have not been great they're on a really poor run of form knocked out of the FA Cup themselves Roy Hodgson's probably still in, in major danger of being sacked. This absolutely needs to be a routine win. Um, just tick the box, make sure that the focus is then on Liverpool on Sunday from a from an Arsenal perspective because they've dropped too many points already. They cannot afford to drop any more. Do you think they're going to be able to sign a striker, Al? Do you think they... Is I, that what... Yeah, I thought they might have dipped in by now and mm. um, the fact that it's going on a bit longer are there any out there well that's the thing like I, the one that were being linked with was Tony mm. and obviously he's back tomorrow yeah. with Brentford so yeah. um, I don't know now Marie because well that's the thing and in, in some ways I think it's good that don't buy just for the sake of buying make sure you wait and get the right man that you want 
um, and maybe Arteta feels as though like you say the right man isn't out mm. there right now at this moment in time but I think they have to react because as Fergal said you look at the last few games it's been more of a blip it's been a major concern the performances in the last couple of weeks particularly the one I watched against Fulham um, but you look at the next five fixtures and if there was ever a time to get yourself back on track Crystal Palace Nottingham Forest obviously a huge one against Liverpool but they're at home and then the West Ham and Burnley like their potential mm -hmm. you should be picking up if you're going to win a league and you want to challenge Man City like they do they need to be picking up 12 points out of 15 with yeah. the, and maybe that, maybe well, beating yeah. Liverpool as well yeah because it'll be tougher tests to come mm. um, notwithstanding Liverpool Fergal Ivan Tony, um, Brentford Notts Forest uh, he's going to be back after his 8 month ban what are you expecting from him just in terms of, of sharpness and um, fitness and all that? Uh, I'd be surprised if he lasts the full 90 minutes. Uh, he's had a couple of behind-closed-doors games in the last few weeks and he's obviously been back training, building up to this this comeback. And, and Thomas Frank has been behind him the whole way. He was pretty firm in his press conference today saying that he'll start, he'll captain, he'll lead the team out the tunnel. The home fans, as you'd imagine, will be, um, will be massively behind him, the Brentford supporters. But the Premier League is, is so demanding physically that even someone like him, who is well used to it um, in seasons gone by, and he's been such a force in terms of scoring goals, um, I think if he gets a goal, you'll see the Brentford fans go absolutely mad. <laughs> um, you might see the fingers in the ears celebration or, or something like that. Um, but he's, it's a difficult one to gauge in terms of his immediate return. Um, we, we're so used to him scoring goals and he's deadly from penalties. I, if there's a penalty tomorrow, he'll be grabbing that ball and probably sticking it in the back of the net. But it, it is difficult to come straight back in from, from what is effectively... This was almost like having a really bad injury where you're coming back in, you haven't kicked a competitive ball in months. Um, but it'll be a big boost for Brentford because they are struggling at the moment. And if they don't kind of get things together, they could find themselves in, in a bit of a relegation scrap. I think the management shown by Thomas Frank is absolutely brilliant here as well, Marie. And we've seen examples of this. You go back to Ferguson with Canton as well, when players have got themselves into a bit of bother, a bit of trouble. But the manager basically, because they know how important the player is. But I listened to an, uh, to an interview with Ivan Tony last week I think it was and he spoke about wanting to repay Thomas Frank because of the support that he's shown him so they could reap the rewards of this Brentford which, which you would expect and even to go back to your question about Arsenal maybe Tony wants to give it back to them because obviously they've been so good to him um, not just in terms of the last eight months that he's been out but also his career before that because they've given him a huge opportunity to play in the Premier League so I think they could reap the rewards of this it's really good management as I said with Ferguson we've seen it here today with John Kiley as well something similar Marie managers sticking by their players and, and getting getting it back in return um, so I think it's really good from Thomas Frank from that point of view Bournemouth, Liverpool uh, Fergal will it be straightforward? I don't think so. Um, obviously, the position that they find themselves in, going to Bournemouth, Bournemouth have been very good in recent weeks. Uh, the kind of recent form table, I think it's four wins from five, and and Donny Areola's really getting his mark on the team and starting to prove some of his doubters wrong when he was questioned at the start of the season. Liverpool are missing a lot of players. Obviously, Salah, Endo, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Andy Robertson. There's quite a few players, Dominic Shabozlai, Klopp said this morning, is not going to be able to play either. I think this could be a draw um, just because Bournemouth have really got their tails up. They've had a break as well. Um, and Liverpool just... Obviously, injuries do happen and there's never a good time to have them. But at the moment, this is the last time, the last point in the season where Klopp would want it to happen. They've got Fulham in midweek in the Carabao Cup semi-final as well. They've got the FA Cup to contend with um, in a week or two's time so 
I think this could be really tight for them. Um, the interesting thing will be how do the other players step up? We've spoken about Darwin Nunez quite a few times, but Diaz, Jota, Elliot, Curtis Jones, they need to produce when Salah, Sawazlai and others are not there because this is their opportunity to prove that they should be in the starting 11 all the time. And when those even bigger games roll round in a couple of weeks, a month's time, as they push on in the Corp and Europa League, potential Premier League title challenge, but this weekend, I, I do think it'll be really hard for them. You look at the games as well, and you talk about obviously the break that's just happened. I think the break came at the best possible time for Arsenal because of the run that they were yeah, on they and in terms reset. of reset yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I know Liverpool have their injuries, but the momentum that they had built up in the last six games, Marie, was unbelievable. And going away to Arsenal, winning, they came back for against Fulham in the AFL Cup. They had won the league games, Burnley, uh, Newcastle as well. So there was huge momentum. I'm not sure if the break came at a good time for them. Now, I know there is the injuries and people that say there was time to maybe to get a couple of them back uh, and players needed that. And I know Salah was going away, but there was real momentum behind Liverpool for the last few weeks. It'll be interesting to see, can they pick up where they left off against Bournemouth Sunday? And Fergal, just before we finish up, any transfer news that we should be aware of? Uh, I think it'll take, take a few days for it to really kick in. Obviously, the Henderson one has been the big story from the last 48 hours. Calvin Phillips links to Newcastle, links to West Ham. Uh, I do kind of feel sorry for him because he's still a very good player. For my money, he's still a Premier League level player, but he's, he's not going to get a look in at Manchester City between now and the end of the season. Arsenal, in terms of a striker, Arteta has said it's probably not going to happen. Um, so at the moment, nothing really exciting. Um, despite Chelsea's kind of reputation for spending a lot in January, it doesn't look to be the case this year. Um, but yeah, Calvin Phillips, I, I just think it's normally the final week of January that we see things getting a bit more exciting. He has to get out Phillips, Marie. He's lost two years of his career. I know you're at Man City, but he's sitting watching them like yeah. what we do every week. Klopp or Guardiola. <laughs> Guardi- He'll go over to the next match. He's like a fan. I'll, I'll see him next Friday. I'll be <laughs> yeah. sitting beside him at the match. Um, and I feel for him because he went there, obviously, yeah. with a lot of fanfare. Brilliant player for England. Um, his career was on a real upward trajectory. He's lost two years now. It'll be interesting to see, can he get back to it's that so level? It's hard to get into that team, though, isn't it? Like, I know, but that's why yeah. get out. He has get to get out, out because yeah. even when Rodri was injured, he still mm-hmm. wasn't playing him. Guardiola, even though he came out and said nice things about him a couple of weeks ago, he said nice <laughs> things as he's a nice fella. He didn't say anything about his footballing ability. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he's not He's not going to feature there. Okay. needs to get out. Um, Fergal, thank you so much. Um, appreciate that. Bring us up to speed on all of the football news. Alan, uh, you might stay with us because we'll be talking to Jane in a while and we know you love your <laughs> Friday chats with uh, Jane. We're going to take a very quick break. Do stay with us though. We have plenty more to come. We'll be looking ahead to the Champions Cup and we'll also be talking about the All-Ireland Club Football Final on Sunday. 2FM. Game on on 2FM. Sponsored by Dove Men Plus Care. Upgrade to Dove Men 72-hour advanced deodorant. Tough on sweat, not on skin. Easy Living Furniture's biggest ever winter sale ends Sunday. Absolutely everything reduced across sofa, dining, bedroom, mattress and accessories. Winter sale ends Sunday at Easy Living Furniture. Find your local store at easylivingfurniture.ie.
It's not just electric, it's a Mercedes. The Mercedes-Benz All-Electric EQE, where luxury is reimagined for a sustainable world. Where timeless design satisfies your desire for better. Where reducing emissions is exciting. The All-Electric EQE, with an electric range of up to 631 kilometers. The EQE has intelligent driving systems that improve energy efficiency, giving you our most comfortable driving experience possible. The All-Electric EQE, crafted by Mercedes-Benz. Let's join Steve live for the build-up. What's your prediction? I've been watching this team for a very long time, Gary, and I can tell you now, the score will be 3-1, there'll be our nine corners, and the French lad will score a header. Very specific, Steve. It's Bet Builder from LiveScore Bet, pal. You can combine markets from thousands of options to create your own bet. Or, if you can't make up your mind, choose from the pre-built quick bet options. Which is exactly what you did, isn't it? Bet Builder from LiveScore Bet. Building a bet just got easier. Full account terms apply. Bet responsibly. 18 plus gambling care. Attention. Please proceed to gate 2FM for boarding. Stick on the shades. Because the sunshine's coming. The Dewey Holiday A Day giveaway is back. We're turning up the heat with an incredible 30 Dewey Holidays to be won. There's chances to win every day. The Dewey Holiday Day Giveaway. Check out DeweyHolidays.ie and 2FM.ie for more. Live happy with Dewey and Orgy 2FM. Game on on 2FM. No, welcome back. We are turning our attention to rugby. I'm delighted to say that Shane Byrne joins us now on the line. Shane, how are you? Hello, Shane. Hello, Shane. No, we're going to have to come back to Shane. Shane is, Shane is still out celebrating. They have a reunion after the match last week. <laughs> we actually do need to to check in with him on uh, on how that match went. Uh, there is going to be a huge amount of rugby though, and I was actually just going through the permutations before I came on air. So there's a really good article by Neil Tracy on the RTE website. So it is the final round of pool games in the Champions Cup and the stakes, he says, are very different for the provinces. So with three wins from three so far, Leinster's place in the last 16 is secure. But if they beat the Leicester Tigers, that will give them home advantage in the next round as well as the quarterfinal if they get there. Munster are in a bit of a different situation. They're playing Northampton Saints. Um, Graeme Rowntree's side are all but certain of that round of 16 but a home draw is probably out of reach for them Ulster are backed into a corner after their defeat to Toulouse um, they need other results if they want to qualify for the knockout stages other results to go uh, their way Connacht are playing the um, are playing Bristol tonight um, they can still qualify technically but it would uh, mean they need to get a lot of other results to go their way um, so I can't really see that happening I think Shane Byrne might be there now how are you, Shane? Hello there. Sorry about that. Don't worry about it. How are things? <laughs> All good. All good. <laughs> I was just running through the permutations there as um, as I saw on the RTE website. Not yeah. uh, figured out by me now, I must say. I have to give Neil Tracy credit for that. <laughs> but he was just making the point that the stakes are very different for all the uh, four Irish provinces. And they certainly are. I guess uh, Munster's game really is the big one, Shane, because... When you think of how they started to, to where they are now, it's yeah. brilliant for them to be in with a chance. They're very close to getting that round of 16, um, playing Northampton Saints and, and should be a good one. Yeah, that... that uh, it was miserable up until then. 
and um, the fact now that they're able to have a go at it draws we're going to have to get Alan Cawley to uh, Don't to talk to analyse the rugby. Here we go. <laughs> to talk this about will be the fun. rugby. Uh, we might just bring Shane back on the phone and probably. Uh, Interestingly enough, about that, Marie, because you're saying they're down to the business end now in the group games. Because uh, I was listening to Bernard and his reaction last week about teams sending over second string outfits and third string. That's not great for the competition, is it? No, and a lot of people are giving out about it. Um, and, and is it a case now coming into these games they'll all be full strength? Well, it depends on 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 what's at stake so like obviously the you know Munster have really need to to get a result um, Leinster will be going for their um, for is the Champions Cup not advantage. like the Blue Ribbon event yeah but a lot of teams seem to qualify so like there seems to be pretty easy to it's nearly easier to get into the next round than it is to get out of the next round Shane's back again Shane sorry guys I don't worry about it you're gremlins very gremlins today. everywhere Finding it hard yes. to, playing hard to get on us <laughs> So before we get into to all the games, Alan was just wondering. Yeah. We were talking about the the integrity of the competition, um, the fact that uh, some teams don't put out their full strength because they don't feel yeah. like they're going to progress. So they're looking at their domestic com- competitions. But from here on in, well, after this round anyway, um, we should see some some real proper games. But when teams like Munster and Leinster are going after something, they're going to be out, going out trying to get the job done, Shane. Absolutely, and there's no doubt about that. And ironically, um, the way it's working out for some of the opposition, they're actually going at it quite hard as well. Like Northampton, for instance, naming pretty much a full side out against Munster. And, um, you know, that's what we want to see. Yes, there has been so many, like Stade de France, um, we saw last week, Stade against uh, Leinster, not throwing out a serious team. It is, I don't like the format the way it is now. It's, 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 highly unusual I I long for the days of the old fashioned uh, smaller pools and the home and away fixtures and things like that it just seems to be such a, a wealth of permutations in the way that it's framed now like for instance like even silly things like last week all our opposition were French this week all our opposition are English it's just all unusual things like that but it is starting to grow that there's no doubt it'll start to get serious from now on in so you can park what's happened previously and from now on in this weekend in particular because there's a lot of people fighting for Northampton or fighting to get a home draw. Munster just want to get guarantee <laughs> that they get through. Connacht, uh, you, you've ran through it pretty much yeah. yourself. I heard you going to the end of it. Like It's, it's a, a Hail Mary opportunity that they have. But it, look, it is possible. There's no doubt about that. And uh, Ulster have their backs against the wall. There, there, there is no doubt about that. Yeah, and and uh, look, we may as well get into the games because when they mm. do, uh, do when they do come around, um, they more often than not we do get good clashes. We may as well start with Connacht as well because it is on tonight, and and they've had a really disappointing, um, they've had a really disappointing European campaign so yeah. far. At this stage, is it just a case of what will be will be, and and going down to the Challenge Cup might just be the best place. Yeah, it's it's a little bit like that. A very disappointing uh, campaign they've had to this point, and um, particularly like with, with going down to Leon and losing the matter they did. I thought they would put up more of a battle against that. This fixture with Bristol is is a difficult one. Obviously, there's a huge crossover between Connacht and um, and Bristol with John Muldoon, Pat Lamb, AJ McGinty, uh, even Kieran Marmion recently departed. Kieran Marmion, like there's. 
a huge amount of crossover between the two, but it just seems like even they would need, even if they had the greatest display that they could have and won the full bonus point and stopped any points happening against them, they need so many other results to go their way. So it looks like they'll be dropping down, and they are playing for that to drop down to the Challenge Cup. That's the that's the real meeting it now for them at the moment. Yeah. Um, Ulster, as you mentioned, um, it's win or bust for them tomorrow against mm. Harlequins. They've been so inconsistent, but we do know there's a good performance in them. Oh, but that's the, listen. I think I think every time we've talked, we've said those exact words. It's the consistency with Ulster is the major problem. Is that they can go out, they can have superb wins, and then they just let everything slip the next the, the next week. That game against Toulouse was very, very disappointing. Really disappointing in the manner in which it went and the ease that Toulouse worked their way through that game. And that's something that Ulster, um, you know, are going to want to come back against. They made very, very few changes, but what changes would you make? Like, on paper, that is a very strong side. It, it really is. And um, they're getting a couple of injuries back. And, you know, this is the thing that, I suppose that the confusing thing with Ulster is that like that same side can go out and have a fantastic game. They have they're they're up against it. Harlequins are going very very well. Only lost four games in the Premiership to this point, and they're taking this quite seriously. They have uh, a decent side out, so it, it it's going to be it's going to be a hard game. There's no doubt about that. The big one, though, is Pool 4, well, what's happening maybe around the Leinster game. So we know that uh, Leinster are safely through the next round, but the teams yeah. below them are fighting over those three remaining places. The Stormers, Leicester, La Rochelle and Sale Sharks could either have a home tie in round 16 or be eliminated by Sunday evening, which, uh, crazy, is, yeah, that's exactly what you want. But I think from maybe an Irish point of view, all eyes are going to be on Harry Byrne. He's getting that opportunity yeah. to impress uh, with Kieran Frawley ruled out. How much pressure is on him, just given the fact that the Six Nations as well are around the corner? It, well, look, from Harry's point of view, a confident young kid as he is, mm. uh, it couldn't come at better time for him. He will be delighted to get this opportunity because it was looking like he might have got a chance if Kieran Frawley hadn't got injured, that he might have got a chance to come off the bench in this game. And, um, you know, now he has to get an opportunity to start and really hit the ground running for to grab that 10 jersey with Ireland. Uh, a huge opportunity for him. And Leinster again, as they can, with, with the squad that they have, they're going very, very strong. But Leicester, because there's such a battle down there, Leinster only need, I think it's one point in any shape or description uh, to secure topping the group. But Leicester, as you say, everybody in that group, other than Leinster, are fighting for position so it's it's really going to be an exciting end to the pool stages with them and as for Munster so they are almost certain almost certain to qualify for the last 16 <laughs> so they just need a losing bonus point I'm sure they'll be going for much more than that and again it's trying to get that momentum really isn't it for Munster Shane yeah yeah and and to build on that that Toulon win that that really was that was the game of the weekend in in my mind. It was absolutely superb game and the manner in which uh, it was won harking back to the Haiti days that they've had before when they were leading the charge in Europe. Uh, absolutely brilliant, but they've got to capitalise on that now. As I said to you earlier on, Northampton are coming in fully loaded. They really want to get that home draw, so they are coming over. With a with a absolute the Saints coming over with a, with a, a, a great team, so this is one of the one of the games of the weekend. You would say 
Um, and it's going to be very interesting to see how it goes because Munster fantastic they got silverware and everything last year which is exactly what we wanted haven't exactly been in fantastic form in either competition to this point amazing against Toulon and if they can start gathering momentum a win against the Hampton Saints would absolutely get their season in rip-roaring shape running into the break that is the, the Six Nations too just before we finish up, Shane, um, mm. former Leinster in Ireland coach Joe Smith was announced by Rugby Australia yeah. as their new head coach. It feels like it's really exciting. <laughs> do you think it is? Yeah, I, I thought it was brilliant. Mm. And do you know when it, when it came up more so was was the thought process, and it wasn't mentioned before when the Lions um, when Farrell was announced as the Lions coach, yeah. and then you're thinking, <laughs> oh my god, how bad are Australia at the moment? But then it started to slip out that Joe Smith could slip, mm. you know, get in there for that role. And if anybody can whip the team yeah. in shape, there's a lot of, lot of, lot of Aussies given out that another Kiwi is getting in there. But listen, in world rugby, we all know Joe Smith uh, is so, so uh, important to any team that he is coaching. And I think you'd see a, a much rejuvenated Australian team by the time the Lions get out there in 2025. Yeah, if anyone can do it, uh, Joe Schmidt can do it. And just then, like in general, I'd imagine rugby needs a good Australia. Oh, world rugby does. Absolutely. There's, there's no doubt about that. It's a real danger the way it is. Uh, world rugby need to restructure the competitions the way they are and um, give more opportunity to the tier two sides. But firstly and foremost, we need the stalwarts of tier one to remain that and remain competitive and the dip that we've seen to Australia is uh, you know that's unfortunately what they did when they were the greatest side in the world they did nothing for grassroots they did they just thought the, the gravy train would keep coming mm-hmm. and now they're seeing the errors of the ways and uh, it, it's a big big uphill slope to get things back in shape yeah, they need Joe Schmidt to be their saviour. Time will tell. Shane Byrne, thank you so much for all of that. Plenty of rugby to look forward to over the weekend. We're going to take another very quick break. Do stay with us. We'll be talking Gaelic games and, of course, Jane on racing. Game on on 2FM. Welcome back. We are turning our attention to Gaelic football because there is a huge game at the weekend. The All-Ireland Club football final between Glen and St. Bridges. And to talk us through it, I'm delighted to say that Frankie Dolan joins us now on the line. How are things, Frankie? Good, thanks. And yourself? Good. I'm looking forward to Sunday. Um, It should be a cracker, but we may as well get the uncontrollables out of the way first. The weather doesn't look like it's going to be great, Frankie. Um, How much of an impact will this have on the game? Yeah, I don't think the weather has promised very good at all. And um, with the Glens' physicality, you know, that possibly could could swing the favour or could swing the balance in their favour. Um, I know from looking at Bridges over the last number of months, they've been, they've been getting a, a lot of games in the dry weather and Bridges okay. and dry weather are an extremely good team. They can play, play really brilliant football with, with a lot of pace and they're very direct and got great skill levels. So, um, but... And saying that you just don't know a final yeah. is a final and I suppose anything can happen on, on All-Ireland Final Club Day Yeah absolutely but in, in fairness uh, to Bridget the expectation 
has never really been there this season maybe because the focus was on Glenn and Kilmacud and the history and that was the that was the story all the way all the way through when would they meet the collision course who would get revenge all that sort of stuff Kilmacud still out to to prove a point and then while all of that was going on Bridget's were going around their business getting the the, the job done, developing as a team, a really solid manager, uh, well set up, and, and now they're exactly where they want to be with the, an opportunity to go on and win an All-Ireland title. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I suppose it really started in, in, in the Connor campaign. It started off really well, and, and they got a little bit unstuck, I suppose, against Mohal in in, in, in Connacht. With Eamon O'Hare, he had, he had them very, very well set up in fairness to him, and Bridges found it very hard to break them down. But knock it on two weeks later and we played Cara Finn and you know the performance level was was outstanding and a lot of players I thought really came of age that day and they really blew Cara Finn out of the water and I don't think really many people in Kiltoum or I suppose Roscommon mm. expected a performance like that but it just shows you how good these young players are they're they're extremely talented they've, they've been together a lot of the younger guys in their early 20s have been together since under 10 under 12 the whole way up they've won I think they've won all championships they've won everything they can including a couple of Connacht minor championships so like these guys are, are used to winning you know be it they're very young but it just shows you how good these lads are and I suppose you know to get to a final is an achievement in itself and but they won't be thinking like that. Knowing a few of the lads there, they'll be thinking that, right, we're here now, we we, we want to win it now. And um like if Glenn if if Glenn let them play, these guys, you know, they can do damage to Ben O'Carrs, Bobby Nugent's, mm-hmm. Brian Derwins, and I suppose Brian Stack coming from the back line as well, and Eddie Nolan, you know, so there's plenty of talent there and um you know, I, I think it's going to be a very I think it's going to be a very tight game with the weather the way it's promised, you know, it'll probably even itself up and um I think it's I think it could be a cracker of a game on Sunday. Yeah, I think so. I actually think so as well. And I know probably the weather might put people off going into it, but I think it'll be one of those games that'll be worth going to. Um I know that mm. Glenn have some young players as well and um so do Bridget and, and Glenn then obviously have the, the big name experience. Do you think that there's enough experience in this Bridget's team to to know what it takes to to win on that big stage in the big day? Well, I suppose, you know, if, if Curra Finn were in this position, uh, I don't think Curra Finn would be wrote off the way Bridges are being wrote off. So, <laughs> you know, and, you know, like, so like, uh, like we have plenty of, we, we have loads of experience there. You have the two stacks in the back line, you have Eddie Nolan in, in around midfield, you know, so they're, they're now saying that, you know, you look at what the Glen have, uh, like the, their midfield is, is one of, it's yeah. probably the best midfield in the country at club football with Emmett Bradley and Connor Glass so like the, the big thing for me on, on Sunday with the weather the way it is I'd imagine to be an awful lot of long kickouts going out going out from both goalkeepers and that middle third to me it'll be a real battle a real battle zone there on, on Sunday and I suppose whoever comes up winners there on the breaking ball and, and you know get their hands in primary possession you know they're the team that will be on the front foot and you know they're the team that possibly could end up winning the game Frankie, if the weather is as bad as predicted, who does that suit? Um, I think it'll suit Glenn. Mm. Um, they're got, got a little bit more experience. Yeah, they're 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 a very physical team. Um, I watched them in a number of games over the last few weeks, and you know I was very impressed with them. So I just think, you know, possibly possibly the Glenn. But saying that, you know, coaches will say. Mm. <laughs> 
you know, skill sets will will really shine, you know, with in in big games and like the Bridget's players, you know, they're very very skillful guys. So, um, you know, but it's I suppose it's a hard one to call. Like these, we we've no we we've never played the Glen before, and there's no history there between the two teams. So, it's it's going to be a hard one to call. But I'd possibly just uh, give Glen the shout on that. You know, just phys- physicality wise, could be the difference on Sunday. Yeah, okay. Well, Frankie, thank you so much. Uh, They definitely have the chance to write their own bit of history. Looking forward to it and no doubt it'll be a good one. Thank you so much for taking our call. So, Alan, uh, were you a kind of player who would be good in the bad weather? I'd be gone hiding. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. I'd be gone home. We played a game in Sunderland one day, Marie. The coldest place I've ever been in in my life on a Saturday morning. I went in a half time, right? I put this big woolly jumper underneath my jersey and went back out for the second half and was dragged off within minutes by the manager. Well, I'd say that is a surprise to no one. I reckon our next uh, guest, Jane Mangan, had no bother with the cold weather. How are you, Jane? You know, Marie, there's nothing I hate more than the cold. Oh. And I cannot wait for the thaw. I, I, I know I'm an Irish Colleen and I should be hardened to the weather, but every year I complain and you're never going to change me. That, that amazes me, Jane, because Ruby said the same thing last week and I thought ye would be well acclimatised yeah, to the bad so weather. Well, Ruby has no padding. He's no insulation. <laughs> And I'm just soft. <laughs> <laughs> Will someone give Ruby a decent hat to wear on Sundays as well? Yeah, he needs to. Uh, must talk, I'll have a chat with him about that. Uh, Sunday, we may as well start with Sunday then. Uh, Thurless, good card uh, this weekend there? Yeah, Marie, that's probably our main prospect of having racing at all because Navin tomorrow is currently still unfit for racing. I suppose the thaw has started, but the frost is well into the ground. Um, I think you know if they have an inspection at 7.30 in the morning hopefully they get the green light but I suppose it's more hopeful than confident whereas currently in Thurless the ground is yielding and it's fit for racing and that's good to see because they have a really good card featuring a couple of graded races including the Horse and Jockey Hotel Grade 2 six runners four of them from Willie Mullins but two of them probably the most important two from Cheveley Park Envo Allen for Henry de Bromhead and Rachel Blackmore the horse ran so well at Down Royal back in November and Alaho who disappointed us all Mm. in the King George when he was beaten by Hewick. So let's see if he can bounce back. He's coming back, of course, to two and a half miles, which I think is his sweet spot. That's his optimum trip, and he'll be the horse to beat in it. Appreciated, has run very well in defeat this year so far. Danny Mullins takes the ride on him. Capadano, French Dynamite, and Statler make up the field. But Alaho, this is the opportunity for him to bounce back. Earlier in the card, you have the Cary Glass Irish Novice uh, steeplechase for Mares. Uh, it'll be will be the warm order in terms of the market. Hermania Maker may well be as well. But I like Silent Approach. He's a mare for Con Keefe down there in Dungarvan who he bred, he sold, he bought back and he has already won a great race with her this season. She has her usual pilot, Danny Mullins, on board and he gets on really well because she's not terribly straightforward. She's a bit of a an opinionated lady and sometimes There's she lots of them around Jane. There's lots of sometimes them around Jane. <laughs> Alan, she needs to get her own way and when she does, she's brilliant. I like that. that, yeah. that do you know yeah. what? We're just going to finish on that note. Let her have your, her own way and she will be brilliant. Jane Mangan, you are brilliant as always. Thank you so much. Um, not a huge amount of racing, but still Jane managed to give us something to look forward to. Alan Colley, that is us out of time. Can I have a quick start? Do we have time? Yeah. So we were talking about Henderson and obviously damaging your reputation. James Milner, right? 4,776 players have made at least one Premier League appearance. James Milner has played against 2,277 of them. 
That is amazing. Whoever, is that unbelievable? Whoever did that stat as well, that's impressive. Um, okay, that's it for us. The um, the chart show is up next with Blonde and Tracy. I'll be back on Monday. Uh, Ruby will be in as well and maybe Alan if all things go to plan. Monday's my night. That Monday is your night. <laughs> Enjoy the weekend. RTE 2FM Game on on 2FM. Sponsored by Dove Men Plus Care. Upgrade to Dove Men 72-hour advanced deodorant. Tough on sweat, not on skin.